Hi guys, welcome to Portal the Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm so excited to take you on a journey with my guests this season through their stories of healing, parenting, relationships, and pregnancy and birth. Not only are we going to start to understand what trauma is and how to heal, but we're also going to understand how people are healing within the context of parenting to make sure that they're not passing trauma down to their children. We're also going to look at one of my favorite topics, natural pregnancy and birth, and understanding our relationships and how to be in a healthy one. So I can't wait to take you guys into this portal with me, where we can learn about ourselves and feel both seen and inspired by other people's stories. I'm so passionate about making our lives better, so let's go. On today's podcast with Frankie, we're going to go into what it's like to redefine what it is to be a man. Frankie also gets candid on what it was like to emotionally mature and become a father, all while healing his trauma and improving his relationship with his wife. We also talk about the importance of men in the birth space as he prepares to support his wife, Tay, in bringing forth their third baby via a free birth on their farm. Just a spoiler alert, we recorded this just literally two days before the baby was born. And she's here, a little girl born healthy and safe at home on their farm. So here we go. Welcome, Frankie. You are my first guest on this and I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited because I have been like dying to get men involved in this space. And there's so many cool men in my life like yourself who we can have these, you know, personal friendships and relationships and conversations in private but it's something that I feel like everybody else needs to be a part of in here. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, sister. Such an honor to be here with you, Alex. Um, Yeah, it's been a beautiful journey. Our friendship, you know, you guys are basically family to us. And um, yeah, we're just so grateful for our connection, um, all the love that we share, all the wisdom we get to share. And um, yeah, our kids get to share. So uh, yeah, such an honor to be here, sis. And thank thank you once again for having me. Thank you. So for everyone who doesn't know, Frankie and Dylan played in the same football team for a few years and I was really lucky to get close with you guys and um, especially starting my parenting journey, I was pregnant at the same time that Tay was pregnant with Hendrick. So it was just a really cool time. Um, yeah, I guess to bond as families and I got to watch Ziggy grow up. I met him when he was not even one yet, I think. So it was just a really cool yeah, a cool experience to watch the kids grow up together and get to do some fun stuff together. I know, it's such um, a beautiful um, connection and introduction that we both got to share. Obviously, we had Ziggy um, and then, yeah, to be involved with the Manly team and then meet you and Dills um, and see your, your family grow along the way, not only um, physically with kids, but, you know, you both of you personally, you know, the growth that you guys have um, expanded into, it's such a, a beautiful um, experience to share with you guys. So no, I'm just, I'm just real thrilled to be here, sis. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. So the stuff I want to pick your brain about today is basically like, what, what's your journey as a man been like? Because I feel like you've really had this whole thing where you've redefined what a man is and this journey from, I guess, emotionally growing and having to go from the football world and then sort of like to a family man, like that process, all of like, I guess, our personal demons that come up when we become parents, the things we realise, all of our wounds, how our relationships change, that's all the stuff I'm so interested to hear your perspective on. Um, But, yeah, I'd love to hear from you, I guess, starting from the footy world. Yeah, well, um, I think I'll probably have to go right to the start and, um, and just share with the listeners, you know, obviously I come from a Samoan background. Um, both my parents are from Samoan. And, um, you know, with that, I was born and raised in Australia. You know, my parents were still very much in that Samoan mentality, you know, growing up in the islands. And, you know, my siblings and I, we had a very tough upbringing. Um, there was a lot of tough love, so to say. And then, yeah, as, as the years got on, you know, I found a passion for footy. And basically throughout my primary school years, you know, footy was a sort of escape, really, just to, you know, get out of the um, the the trauma, I guess, and, you know, the experiences that what we were experiencing as kids in our own home. And, you know, my parents, you know, I love my parents so much and I'm so grateful that they're still here on earth. Um, you know, they get to witness my, my kids grow up. Um, but, you know, they're, they're all parenting from a place of their own experiences. So, you know, as I said, there was a lot of tough love. And, um, you know, as a young kid, 
you're like, man, what's, what's this all about? You know, like, you know, all you want is, and all you're yearning for is for your parents just to, you know, hug you and, and love on you and, and really express, you know, how, how proud, I guess, probably, that was probably the main thing for me, how proud, um, you know, they are of you, especially when you're achieving, you know, such, you know, awesome things in the sporting worlds as you move up the ranks through primary school and through high school. So, yeah, footy was definitely a major role um, in, in me, just sort of escaping I guess, you know, from my household and all, all the dramas and you know, a lot of a lot of violence and a lot of um yeah, a lot of deep stuff, traumatic experiences that I got to experience. And it really was a beautiful escape for me just to forget all that and just have a fun and, and just be a kid, really, just be a kid and go out there with my mates and just socialize and leave all the um distractions and all the and all the tough experiences at home. Um so as I moved up through the ranks, you know, footy opened so many doors, opened up so many doors. And I was very fortunate, you know, to make a lot of uh, rep teams as I was younger. And by the time I hit 18, I left high school, you know, I was straight into full-time squad with the Sydney Roosters. So, you know, I never really worked a day in my life, to be fair. It was basically straight from high school, straight into this amazing um, job, job, you know, of being a footy player. And I was amongst an 18-year-old pimply you know, boy, you know, I was amongst, you know, Brad Fittler, Anthony Minicello, like all these legends of the games at the Roosters. And I was like, wow, how good is this? And, you know, I really decided that, man, I'm going to give this a red hot go. Really wanted to make football a career, or not only for myself, because I, I love footy and I, I love, you know, um, the camaraderie, but also just to give my family, you know, a, a better life, a better shot at life, because my parents, you know, they work so hard. And, you know, to add to that trauma, you know, we didn't really get to see our parents a lot, my sisters and I, because they were always working, like, you know, two or three jobs each just to put food on the table. So with that, you know, we were looking after ourselves, basically. So, you know, I really wanted to provide for my family in a loving way because, um, you know, without, throughout all that tough love, man, my parents sacrificed a lot. You know, they were running around, they were basically driving my sister and I to every sporting commitments, you know, up and down the New South Wales coast and finding money out of nowhere for the, the levies and, and all that sort of things for your um, for your gear and, and, and excursions and uh, tournaments. Uh, yeah, it was really, really a beautiful um, journey for me just to sort of make footy in a, in a sense and earn some decent money so I could give back to my family because, you know, they've provided so many um, opportunities for my sisters and I out of nothing just to be where I am and I'll be forever grateful. And then, you know, very fortunate through footy that I was able to travel the world. Um, and along this journey, you know, I'm still discovering myself. I'm still um, in and amongst this big bravado culture of, of footy and rugby league. And, you know, it, it's um, it's sad to say, but, you know, the, the headlines that you read, on the news about, you know, footy players being these sort of players, this sort of that, it is true to be fair to an extent, you know, there are some, some guys out there who just lap it up in a footy player. And, you know, for me, I'll, I struggled to, to, to sort of dive into that. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying, um, you know, I never did anything wrong in my life, but, you know, I really um, had to, draw the line in a few situations where I just didn't feel comfortable in certain situations. And I feel that, that that's, a, that's something that men struggle with, especially young footy players. They can really be brought into that, um, into that mentality that, you know, anything goes and there are no consequences. But, you know, as we all know, you know, one little mistake here, you're on, you're on the front page for, you know, a good solid month. And, you know, that could be the end of your, your footy career. So, yeah, there was definitely um, situations where I could have went either way. But I'm just so thankful that I sort of came back to myself and I, and I was bold and brave enough to say no in certain situations. Um, but yeah, as I said, going back on the story with footy, it's been such a blessing because I've been able to meet people like yourself along the way. Um, you know, I've been, been, been able to meet so many beautiful like-minded families along this journey who are now, you know, really a part of our, you know, family like blood. And um, if it wasn't for footy, then, you know, none of these situations, none of these connections would have, would have ever been made. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think as my role right now, sis, um, I'm just trying to bring awareness, I guess, especially stepping out of footy. You know, I'm on the other side now. I'm retired. And uh, my life is a complete 180 of what it used to be. And um, along this journey, you know, I've, I've really found myself 
especially at the, the I think at the darkest times, um, you know, whether it will be uh, scrutiny from um, the press or, you know, just, just struggles with, with, um, with beliefs, obviously, with people portraying, you know, projecting all their all their stuff onto us. You know, when when we've been at the our tough times, you know, myself and my wife Taylor, I'm sure you know a lot of you listeners already know. You know, we found ourselves and we found this beautiful, you know, upgrade that we've had to venture into. As sure has been, it's been tough. It's been it's been very. Um, What's the word? Tricky to navigate, especially with kids now. But you know, we're just thankful for all for all the mess, really, because um, without that, those hard times, without the mess, and without me, you know, really standing up for myself, you know, we wouldn't be in the situation where we are now. So, I guess right now it's just about sharing my journey and hopefully, you know, giving um, permission for other men to step into this space because they would have been looking at my my whole journey like, man, Frank is you know a footy player, he's been this and that, but then now like, footy is such. Uh, a distant, you know, paradigm in my world. Like it's, it's feels like a lifetime ago, and it is literally a lifetime ago because, um, yeah, the work that I'm doing now with my wife and myself personally, yeah, it's so much more rewarding. Like not nothing to take away from footy, nothing to take away from you know all the stuff that I achieved on the field with my awesome teammates. But and this is the real work, and this is sort of the legacy that I want to create for not only myself but for my boys especially. Yeah, hindsight can be a massive gift when you look back and you're like, oh, this picture, this story, everything was so cool. Brought me to where I am now and it feels so good to do fulfilling things and things that are truly in your soul's purpose, I guess. Yeah. Something that you touched on that I see a lot in the footy world actually is there's a lot of this childhood trauma. And Mm. I think looking at the people around me, I can always notice footy is such an outlet. You have all of this built up stuff and then you get to go and take it out on the field and you have like what you said there's a lot of violence in the home you can get bullied from your parents essentially and then the field is a place where you're in power you know you feel like you're in control and it's a really really good feeling for people and very healing and something to do with all of that built-up energy Mm. um but I do see a lot of this pattern as well not just in footy players but in society where Mm. you know young men and you know young girls you feel hurt by your mum in a way or not nurtured enough or rejected um, or hurt by the feminine in some way and then you have the masculine which is completely emotionally unavailable and Mm. as you grow up it's kind of like well I didn't have a man help me with my emotions I didn't have a man show me how to be a man in a certain way so then you kind of like what you said you get thrown out when you're 18 and it's like the blind leading the blind and you're all just Mm. seeing what it's like to be a man like oh okay (laughs) And we'll just do this and we'll do that. And this is where you end up with that problem. Um, And there's not really any, I guess, interventions that can help. Um, It's very much what I see. It's people like you within the team stepping up or somebody. What I love seeing in the Manly team now is there's so many people that don't drink. Like, no, I'm not drinking this year. Dylan did a year sober and he was the only one. And that was such a big deal for everyone. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. Because when you do something like that, you give other people a permission slip to do it. So this is where I love watching you and your evolution and your work because it's like, you know what, I'm just going to do it and people are going to see how it can unfold. Yeah, definitely. And um, like something that you touched on at the start, like it it is um, a daunting sort of environment, you know, the footy world, the footy culture to do something different. You know, we're very much, you know, a team sport and, um, you know, a lot of us, you know, we, we'd like to do what the other boys are doing and for someone to sort of step out of that square of that mindset and do something different, like, you know, as you said, like, um, jump off the booze for a year. It's a big, like, oh shit, what's going on here? Like something must be really happening. But, um, you know, I, I just love what you said about, um, you know, that, that the, the masculine and that's something that I really really you know was yearning for it as a kid just for my dad just to hold me and tell me continually tell me how proud uh, he was of me but you know I, I never got that as a kid and you know I always thought to myself that I'm not doing good enough even though I'm making all these teams I'm, I must be doing something wrong but you know looking back my dad just didn't have the the knowledge the vocabulary just to express you know those emotions that I needed to receive as a kid so that's something that I'm very 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 conscious about now as a parent especially being a parent of young two two young boys you know I'm completely you know 
changed, flipped the script on how I want to parent my kids. And, you know, it's such a blessing that, you know, my parents are still around and they get to witness how Tay and I parent our boys because it is totally, you know, a culture shock to them to see how we parent. But, they, you know, they're right into it. And um, I, I love my parents. You know, they, I, I, you know, it's so healing for me to hear and witness how they, you know, treat my my kids because, man, I was like, man, that was, I wish that was me. But, you know, they get to do that now to my boys. And it's, as I said, it's such a healing process for my parents um, to, to, to be in that space with my boys and understand, you know, what kind of level we want to, you know, portray ourselves with our kids. So, no, I should really encourage all the, all the fellas out there, um, as you said, just to really open up. I know it is quite tough, Um uh, to, to find someone to confine into. But that's one thing now, you know, I really can say that the NRL is doing you know, a, a better job is with the help of, you know, the wellness teams, uh, the wellbeing sort of programs that they have now. There's always outlets um, just if, in case any of the, the men or any of the boys are struggling just to connect and just to express themselves. Because um, as you know, Alex, like, you know, the footy world is, is brutal especially when the team's not going too well, especially when your form's not on par, um, you know, you're in the, you find yourself in the headlines. It's just like a snowballing effect. So that's one thing I would like to, um, you know, prop the NRL on is, is really increasing the awareness and um, I guess the education around that wellbeing space. Yeah, definitely. Um, and something I have noticed that's a, a pattern in men. I don't know if this is something that was uncomfortable for you to work through, but when there's something that's tough, they tend to lean out instead of lean in. So they don't want to count on each other or talk to another guy. It's like, you know what, I'm going to deal with this on my own. And the way I see that from a parenting perspective is that they didn't have somebody do that for them when they were younger. You're very much pushed to don't cry, toughen up, deal with it on your own. And it's really, really hard to break that habit that gets formed. Is that something that you struggled with um, when you formed deeper male friendships to be able to start to open up and talk about things? Was that a process for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, yeah, obviously, you know, whatever we're suppressing, you know, we, the, the biggest thing around like um, sort of transmuting that suppression is is being somewhere where you feel safe, where you feel safe to be seen, where you feel safe to be heard. And, you know, especially when I was younger, when I was, as I said, I came out of high school and I was, you know, I had nowhere really that I felt safe to express, you know, some of the traumatic experiences that I had, you know, gone through as a kid. Um, and that was my level of awareness too, just to sort of seek out, you know, the right person to confide into. And also that was, um, you know, the, the the people weren't there in place really back in the days um, to really, you know, lean into somebody, like, like you said, and just express what's going on in your, in your heart, in your mind. Um, because as I said, these things snowball quite easily, especially in the, in the footy realms and the footy circles, we, we tend to lean out. Um, but, you know, you, to go, to heal something, you've got to go through it. You, there's only, there's only one way and that's through, through the pain, um, through, you know, all, all the grief and we, we can really transmute all that energy, which is, is essentially what it is out whether that be through you know talk therapy whether that be through um you know breath work what i'm into now like all these beautiful modalities that can really help you and tools that can help you i guess alleviate the pain and alleviate all the heaviness um so yeah i really you know i'm grateful now you know i have the awareness and i also have the confidence in myself just to to be who i am because you know, back then, that 18-year-old Frankie, I, I didn't want to be seen as, like, this weak guy who's um, who's got issues or anything like that. I didn't want to show any vulnerability because, A, you know, I didn't feel safe around, you know, the, my peers. Not like, um, you know, they were dickheads or anything like that, but I don't, I don't think that they had the mental capacity to, to hold what I wanted to share. So I was, I was sort of protecting myself. Um, but now I know, you know, I know who's genuine and I know who who has the best, my best interest in, you know, in at play. So, you know, I'm more than happy now, you know, the version that I am now to express, you know, whatever's going on in my mind. And I'm very fortunate that I have a supportive wife. And, um, yeah, we've been through a lot. We've been through hell. We've been through, you know, so much, you know, you know, basically 
after I debuted back in 2008, it's give you a quick story, you know, for the doggies in 2009, I signed over in England and, and Taylor was like, you know, 18, 19. And I was like, man, you want to come over or what? And she was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I was 2021, she was 18, 19. And then here we are living across, you know, across the world, so far away from my family. But, you know, I'm so grateful for that time because it's, it fast-tracked our relationship like 100 we were over there for like, you know, four or five years in England, separated from our family, isolated on the other side of the world. We only had us to depend upon, you know, so many times she packed her bags and I was like, see you later, there's a front door, you know, but, you know, we, we had to fight through it. We had to, you know, really communicate, which is such a, an integral tool in any relationship. But, you know, at that time, you know, our communication levels were so toxic we only had to, we only knew how to communicate, you know, either by swearing or you know just calling each other names and really being so disrespectful to each other. And um, yeah, looking back, it was such a, a pivotal moment in our relationship. And you know, I'm just so grateful that that's how it unfolded because you know, without those tough times at the start, I don't think the foundation that we you know we created. Uh, will put us in good stead for where we are now. And you now, don't get me wrong, like, you know, we're not perfect. We're still, we still, you know, have our ups and downs. But, you know, what we do have is an un unconditional love for each other and we're able to express ourselves and we're able to have that awareness within ourselves when we feel like something's coming up and we feel like, um, you know, something's really starting to get me, get me ticked off here. I'm able to, like, you know, nip, nip in the butt, you know, address it with Tay in a beautiful, loving way and we're able to share, converse and then figure it out. Whereas before we were just like not nah, letting it unleash 100 and then next minute, like, oh, let's go on a break and all that, all that sort of crap, you know, how young love is. So now, nah, as I said, I'm just grateful for this journey. I love that you say that because every time I talk to people, they think healing is like, oh, it ends up perfect. And it's like, mm. no, healing is exactly what you just described. It's that space, yeah. that inner space, that inner dialogue where you're like, yeah. I'm feeling something. I have it. Yeah. I didn't communicate it properly. Because when, yeah. when you ignore that, when you push it to the side, that's when you snap. And I also yeah. love that you're so honest about relationships because this is something that happens to everyone you know we all get triggered and we all communicate from our wounds whether we're aware of it or not and we do like i love your example of being in england because when there's nowhere to run you you got that's it. You, there's yeah. no place yeah and that's something that i know even dylan and i have had to work so hard on is learning how to actually communicate properly because like you mm. said when you're saying stuff when you're angry that's not real communication yeah. real communication is sitting down and going oh i feel like this because yeah. yeah really putting that ego aside too and just you know finding that space nice to connect yeah yeah it's tough man it's, it's tough especially you know being a, a male and you know if you want to always be right and you know the last thing you want is your missus you know to tell you how to do things but you know what respect man you gotta leave your ego at the door and and just listen and you know and i think that's a big thing about myself you know when we first started dating man i wasn't taking accountability for anything or any of my actions i always thought i was 100 percent right and you know someone else's fault and um you know i've used this um used this situation a lot on, on a recent podcast you know in in like the footy circle now I'm always the first one to put my hand up, you know, when I fuck up, you know, team review after a bad loss, you know, yeah, man, yeah, coach, boys, you know, I, I dropped the ball here, should have been better, should have been covering inside of the D, but, you know, I go home and, you know, all those amazing accountability attributes, you know, I leave it at footy training, I go home and I'm like, oh, how come this is not done, whose fault is this, this and that, and yeah, something that I really had to, um, you know, humble myself with and uh, really <laughs> reflect on, and it was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm doing it, I'm really good at doing this in the professional scene but when i'm coming home to you know the most important most important environment you know i'm leaving all that at, at work I, I should be bringing this first and foremost into the home cool space just get left at work yeah i gotta take yeah, a exactly right. no i was leaving at training coming home I was like oh he effed up here he did this he did that it's not my fault um but yeah it's humbling and um yeah just really proud of myself you know the how i've you know had that awareness along the way and I've been able to pivot and navigate a different route. Yeah, that's really awesome. And something else I'm so curious about from a male perspective is when you feel like or when you've recognised that you have a feminine wound, do you notice that you would push women away, hold them at arm's length or just sort of not feel safe to give your all? Like it's sort of like this, oh, I don't know if this is going to hurt me or not, so I'm just going to like leave it here. Um, 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Like, you know, obviously, you know, as I said, as a, um, as a kid growing up, you know, I experienced a lot of trauma, you know, especially from the female, um, from the feminine energy. And so, like, you know, I, I, that's why I, I sort of bounced in a relationship. You know, I was in a long-term relationship in high school. And, um, but man, I was, you know, I was being a typical footy player. I was, you know, I was hooking up with girls every weekend. And, um, you know, that sort of leaked into, you know, my relationship with Tay at the start. And, you know, she called me out 100. And it was a real, it was a real wake up call for myself. You know, I had to really let go of that, um, of, of that wounding for the feminine because, you know, I always running away. I always, I was expecting something around the corner to hurt me again. So I was just, you know, just doing my own little thing and really escaping through that route where I just jumped from one thing to another because I didn't want to get hurt in the long run. So I was doing the hurting, but, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't serving anybody. And it's something that I really had to sit with. And it wasn't until recently, you know, back in probably 2019, I did this course. Um, it was a weekend experience with Preston and Lexi. It was called the Bridge Experience. And then it was a following weekend was another workshop called Extreme Leadership. And, man, I was able to, to express, you know, something deep down that I was willing to go to the grave with Alex and you know those experiences that you know were so traumatic that I, I pushed it deep down I was like nah yeah that's not coming back up and you know what I was able to do in that experience um, over that weekend was really come into myself and you know find this beautiful space of happiness and peace to express that and once I did, even though it was so, so hard and, you know, my body was shaking and, you know, I was rumbling with so many tears going on. And this is like, wow, I'm still playing first grade, man. And people, when I came to that, I'll, I'll quickly jump up. When I came to that experience, like, man, I know you from somewhere. And I was like, oh, yeah. But I was like, I, I never, I never, I never, I never wanted to gloat or anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no. I never say anything. Do you play footy? And I was like, oh, yeah, a little bit. So, you know, some of these guys knew me in this, in this group of randoms. It's probably like, maybe 80 odd people from all over Australia in this room this one weekend. And then obviously I did level two the weekend after. So here I am fully exposed. And I was like, man, you know what? Fuck it. Like, you know, I obviously had Ziggy. I obviously had Hendy. I was like, man, if it's not for the kids, then, you know, who's, and it's not for the kids and it's not for myself. And, you know, what am I waiting for? My time to sort of start this deep healing journey is right now. And, you know, after expressing, you know, all these emotions to basically random people, I, I haven't even told my wife, you know what I mean? Like, bang, like, I just felt the biggest weight of my shoulders. And I mean, I just wanted to get out of that room ASAP because I needed to tell Tay what was going on and, you know, what happened to me and all these experiences that I had suppressed for so, so long. So ever since that, like, honestly, I've been, flying this this wave of um or this sort of new awakening like you know frankie 2.0 because i feel like everything up to that moment was just a sort of warm-up and now I'm, I'm living life you know this is you know it's grand final day every day of the week now i'm such i'm such a high and you know don't get me wrong there's always dips and there's always ebbs and flows but ever since that was like such a pivotal moment in my healing journey and i've been able to and I express this to my wife and to her, all these things just make sense. Why I was always falling back into these patterns, you know, because it had to do, you know, I had to come back to that trauma when I was, I was a little one. So yeah, man, it's powerful shit. And um, I really encourage, you know, all the men just to, to lean into it. Like you said, you know, we've got to lean into all our pain, to all our grief and find the edges and continue to find the opposite edge because, it's never ending this cycle. Honestly, it's never ending. When we keep excavating, when we keep peeling off these layers, one thing leads to another. And, you know, the trauma doesn't have to be this massive, massive trauma experience. It can be, you know, the simple, simplest thing, like a, an experience in primary school with your best mates at the school canteen. And you've, you, you've, you've actually, you know, been affected by that moment that you're still holding on to a bit of grief somewhere in your body because that's where we store it, you know, in our bodies. So, yeah, I think that's a long answer to your beautiful question. No, I, I really love that because, um, mm -hmm. you know, you touched on a lot of really good points there. One was that it's actually so heavy to carry things with us and we're carrying yeah. it for so long that we don't realise and we think it's so painful to acknowledge it. You know, we carry so much shame and guilt and all these yeah. feelings about things that really as children, they were not our fault. You know, it's not ours to carry. It's just something, especially with... Um, 
deep trauma. Like I know we've had a private conversation about your trauma and you were so lovely enough to share that with me. And we had a really cool conversation around it. Mm. Um, especially because like something else you said is the more I've understood Dylan, the more I'm like, Oh, okay. This isn't even about me, you know? And it, yeah. it really helps that healing process and it helps the relationship because it stops becoming this personal attack, personal attack. It really becomes this, all right, how can we get this out? How can we create this space where you feel safe? Um, to tell me those things and I know even me it's like so the other day I was like shaking telling Dylan something about my childhood and it's like you know it was 20 years ago but we yeah. just carry it so much and it does really yeah. affect us and um something else you spoke about that I do notice with men too is when they have this feminine wound it's like this you know subconsciously you know we try and like okay we've got the girls this weekend that weekend have this many girls on the go we felt, you know, as a man, you would have felt so powerless to the feminine when you were younger. Then as a grown man, it's like, well, guess who's in control now? Like, guess who can fuck with you now? And it just becomes this subconscious thing that we're playing out to feel powerful again. But like you mm. said, that wound is there and you carry it with you until yeah. you address it and really, yeah, get vulnerable. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, one thing I will say, it's it's deep work, man. It's deep excavation and you are in the trenches, um, especially when you're going through it and you're trying to really transmute all that energy up and out. Um, you know, it's not pretty, it's ugly, but it, it's so worth, so worth the ride because, um, you know, what's waiting for you on the other side when you can sort of look back at those experiences with with peace i think is the, the major thing you can look back at it with peace and it's it's not really doesn't have any any power over me now if, if that makes sense and you know i can move forward you know with my boys with my family with my relationship with my wife in such a, a more lighter uh space because as you said it, it's not weighing me down and it's not at the back of my mind like thinking man should i say something because i'm, I'm just you know really unaware of how she's going to react or anything like that all these things sort of pop up and but literally you know obviously Tay's uh, an amazing space holder and you know she was just waiting for me to express these emotions she's been waiting you know a whole relationship for me to share these things so yeah once I shared that back in you know 2019 boom man you know a whole relationship went to a different level again so that's what, you know, that's the cycle that we're on now, just continually upgrading and um, really deepening our connection, you know, in this beautiful life that we've created. And you know, it's so far away from that footy world that, you know, we were first connected in. Um, but yeah, we're just so grateful that every little step of our, our lives, you know, every little team I went to in my footy career has played a part this beautiful part in this amazing puzzle we call life. And yeah, I just can't wait to see what other, what other, what other, um, you know, pieces of this puzzle will drop because, um, yeah, we're, we're so excited. Yeah. You can feel so many, so many things out there that are just starting to fall into place. I, know, yeah. but I love what you said too, because that's personally what I enjoy about long-term relationships is that you have so many evolutions in the same one. You're yeah. not with the same person anymore. And it's so no. great. And you perfectly described exactly what trauma healing is too. Trauma healing, you're just uncoupling the past from the present. And yeah. it's not filtering so much of your present moment. And a lot of the time we don't realise how much the past is like right there and we've just got to separate that. Um, but I feel like this is a yeah. perfect segue because you said that Tay's a great space holder. And now I just want to ask you, what is it like being a man in the pregnancy and birth space because you are the space holder now essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not too sure we're going to air this, but um, yeah, we're still on baby watch at the moment. It is June 2nd or June 3rd. can't remember what day it is. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, we are, we are super excited, sis. Obviously, you know, the birth of our third child is shortly um, awaiting us and yeah, we've got everything set up here. We've got the birth pool, got the birth space, got the birth sling, Everything's in a beautiful, you know, setup for our um, our bub to arrive. But um, yeah, as you said, this is, I reckon, in my opinion, this is the ultimate space holding um, facilitation training ever. Yeah, holding uh, holding space for for women in the, in this beautiful portal. Um, no to go back to 
Yeah. To go back to Ziggy's birth, you know, he's turned seven in November this year. So that's almost seven years ago. And to think back, you know, who I was back then, man, I was still carrying so much shit. That space that I was providing for Tay, you know, I'll never forget during Ziggy's birth, man, I was a nonstop mess. You know, I just fried my eyes out the whole time. And she was basically telling me, can you stop effing crying? Like, I'm trying to birth this baby here. She's yelling at the fuck, get your shit together. I was like, okay, sorry, babe, sorry, babe. But yeah, there was just so much sort of, um, as I said, back in seven years ago, so much trauma that I was still holding on to. And, you know, I carried that into that birth space. And then, you know, the more awareness I had around, you know, my own journey, my own, own healing journey, you know, we had Hendy's birth in 2018. And obviously the, the Frankie then was a bit more on the incline, you know, I was a bit, had a bit more awareness um, and we had a beautiful home birth at home with um, Hendrix. So now like, you know, 2020, 2022, no, I'm ready to rock and roll. Like, you know, I'm so excited for this beautiful space um, that we get to dive into shortly. Um, I know it's going to be probably the next couple of days, you know, the way things are headed. And, yeah, we are super excited. We're super prepared. Um, overly prepared probably, but, you know, we're, we, we'd rather be overly prepared. But, yeah. Yeah. And um, oh, I just can't wait to, you know, witness Tay, really, you know, really just do what she does best and that's um you know be a beast and um you know really draw in all that power that she has uh, and, and birth this beautiful bub here at the farm and you know everything sort of come landing at the right time you know bub was you know we found out she uh, bub was pregnant uh, tay was pregnant with bub just after you know we got a proof to this farm so like everything's been sort of one thing after the other we've been here um almost six months now yeah we've got to start of december end of november and yeah we're ready to rock and roll and we can't wait to to see you know this beautiful soul join this crazy beautiful family that we have going already and their brother her, um, his or her brothers um you know they're, they're so excited hendrix and ziggy for the new birth you know like every day they wake up and like, oh is baby here yet and no not yet son um so yeah we bring it on we can't wait and as i said it's such a ultimate experience of um, space holding and, and I'm so ready. Obviously I've got my own, you know, fears and expectations that I want to, you know, be at, but you know, it's all part of this journey and the, the weight that I'm carrying now with, you know, uh, is so much lighter than my two previous births. So this is just going to be another upgrade for both of us. And um, we can't wait to jump into this sacred space. Yeah, I feel like I loved listening to you saying that you were crying during Ziggy's birth because I think that's like the perfect example of, that's what our kids do to us. You know, they open yeah. up space for us to like let everything out mm. and step into the person that we need to be. And yeah. even what you're saying, I just think the spirits that come here, like this might sound weird, weird to people. Like I communicate with my spirit baby all the time. There's so much mm. guidance that I get from the next spirit that's coming. Yeah. Um, but it's like the same as what you said, you found out you're pregnant right after you got approved for the farm and there's certain things yeah. that spirits want and require of us and mm. how they want to come into this world. And I think that's a huge part of the pregnancy and birth journey that people don't really, you know, you can do a class, you can do this, you can do that. But that's the real focus, I think, is that that whole inner journey. And I loved your post the other day because you wrote about how um, what makes women feel safe, which was your unconditional love, your presence, your trust, your connection and your support. And I think that's just so ultimate. And I think that's something that, like you said, you have to do the inner work to be able to do that because you can't give that yeah. to somebody unless you feel that inner safety with yourself, unless you have that inner trust with yourself. So have you noticed like these big changes in your relationship too and how you hold space, the more you've been able to do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I just look at the two previous births and the, the person that I was, I think, you know, now is the ultimate time for Tay to give birth because, you know, the Frankie that she has in this space with her, is ready for it all and you know i'm at such a, a beautiful place of peace within myself that i know that i'm not projecting any shit onto her and that's the last thing that she wants you know you know we've heard stories of you know other ladies give um, birth and you know their midwives or whoever it may be might be you know putting all this expectation and pressure on onto the mother to be and she's not feeling it. and then she asks her can you get the hell out of this room so i can birth this baby because they can feel it all so i'm very conscious that you know Tala can feel my energy um so i got to make sure that my game is right uh you know i've been doing a lot of 
preparation in myself, just really, um, you know, going over my role over and over again and, you know, signs to listen out for, signs to look out for in regards to, you know, whether she needs more hydration or snacks or just changing the scenery of, of the birthing space or changing the playlist of the music, all these little things that play a massive part um, into bringing baby and to opening her up. So, yeah, I, I'm super excited. And um, the role that I'm playing is, is so pivotal. Um, as you said, trust, presence, um, you know, connection and really, you know, the overarching thing of all of that is safety, really allowing her to be seen in all her glory, in all her mess, you know, riding each wave with my wife, you know, you know really um, supporting her physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually, just really being on that same vibration to, you know, welcome Bub into this beautiful room that we have prepared. So, yeah, man, and we are so ready. Like, you know, we're expecting, oh, maybe the third one probably come a bit early. So we've been on baby watch for a while, but, you know, like, oh, okay, now baby's teaching us some lessons here. Just be patient. You know, baby will come when baby's ready. So bring it on, man. We cannot wait to welcome this beautiful Bub. Yeah, it's a real mental game at the end. Like, I remember yeah. Dylan, I was like, when you play the grand final, you know what day it is, what time, you can do yeah. whatever. I was like, it, any moment could be grand final time for me. Like, But I do have to give him a massive shout out because he was like the best person to have like in the pool with me in my birth space because he did exactly that. He was just intuitively doing what I needed, yeah. um, picking up on things. Obviously, you've had Janine in your birth space too. Like yeah. we had Janine. Um, those things and the safety, the trust, that's what makes a baby come. That's what makes a baby feel safe to come. That's what makes your body feel safe to open and, you know, open that portal and allow it to come from that realm. So all of that is just so awesome. And, um, yeah, I just think the role of fathers in the birth space is so, like, underrated because, you know, your energetic imprint is there with the baby you're like the baby needs their father there it's a very you know depending on how many babies you're giving birth to at the same time but you know I just saw it as the three of us and this was a time for our auras and our imprints to mix and you know Dylan was the first one to get Leo out of the water and just like really beautiful things like that that I think leave such a long-term impact on the baby on the father and then energetically as a family unit no, 100%. Um, it's so important, as you said, obviously with the way um, things are going with the medicalization of, you know, birthing and the birthing space and even now with this COVID um, craziness, you know, like having that support is really vital and crucial. And, you know, I, I really feel for all the mothers recently who've given birth and sort of have been on their own. And it's crazy to think and like, man, it, it's super, super sad. And as you said, that, you know, that imprint, straight away, you know, we're so primal, we imprint straight away with that first connection, whether it be the mother or the father, and, you know, skin to skin straight away. Um, and to miss out on all that juiciness, it, it's super, super sad. And you just got to think and wonder, you know, these kids, how they're going to develop. Um, but to come back on to your question, yeah, like to be that father in that space. And I think, man, just to witness the, the power of, of a woman, of, of your partner giving birth, it blows my mind, honestly, and yeah, my hat goes off to all the mamas out there, all to the to the women out there who you birth, and like just the the strength you know you guys have just to bring this baby through into this world. It's like, wow, man, you know we think we're tough, especially being footy players, man. We don't know shit. Like, it's it's just so, such a humbling experience to be a part of, and um, you know, I think as you said, the more the fathers can play that active role. I think, you know, we, we, we play a role, yes, but I think if we play that active role and um, are really there tuning into our partners as they give birth and even throughout the whole nine months, really, it leaves everlasting effects, you know, onto that child being born. And even, you know, the mother, you know, just witnessing um, their partner being so caring and so loving and so in tune just to, to be there in that special moment. And uh, that's how we, you know, develop these beautiful connections, these beautiful um, interactions as families is from these special moments of birth. Um, so, yeah, obviously some, you know, through work or, you know, through other commitments, it might be a bit difficult for, for, for the male, uh, for the father to be present. Um, but, yeah, if they can, you know, really, and if they feel called to, you know, 100% would um, 
would advocate for home birthing and, you know, hiring a, a private midwife who we've shared Janine. She's such an amazing midwife. Um, just to, because it's such a different experience, you know, from the conventional hospital, you know, yeah, down that path that, you know, we really try to um, steer clear of personally as a family. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also I feel like it just sets you up for your parenting. If you're not involved in the pregnancy mm -hmm. and the birth, it's really hard. You know, I see males struggling with like, well, I want to be the man of the house and I want to be authority. It's like, you've got to be involved in different ways too. You know, yeah. no one's going to respect someone that they're not connected to. So it's just this big process of connection. So I really commend you for that because it takes a lot. You know, there's heaps of men that are like, oh, that's so gross. That's so icky. Like, oh, I don't want to see that. You know, and it's just like, there's nothing more primal. There is nothing yeah. more human in the world. There is nothing that's going to make you more of a man in that moment yeah. than like really getting in there. And even in the hospital system, you know, taking your power back, saying, I'll be the one to take the baby out or yeah. that's mum or dad, you know, just getting really involved. And having that energetic imprint, that's something I see a lot, which is like, oh, I'm just going to like surrender all my power. The doctor yeah. will do it. And then just like, they'll give me my baby. It's like, that's yours to take, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And that's, that comes back to um, education and, and knowing your rights and, and really having that awareness of what you know, a mother and a father can do and what they're allowed to do if in, within the hospital system if they choose that route. Um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons, main reasons why we you know, stepped away from uh, the hospital system and really try to birth babies at home. And, you know, hopefully this is the first of many to be born on a farm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so exciting. <laughs> um, awesome. I feel like you have allowed me to pick your brain so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I would love to know more about just like, where can people find you? What do you have like coming in the pipeline? I know you've got your breathwork yep. session tonight. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, um, oh, the breakfast next week. Um, sorry, yeah. sis, I forgot to mention to you. Yeah, next Friday. Yeah, so basically, just a touch, I'll probably touch back on my journey within breath work. I, you know, was in, wasn't really into meditation or anything like that during my footy career. But, you know, during that, you know, that powerful week back in 2019, one of my bros, um, before we went to Preston Alexi's, uh, I think it was day two, maybe we went to. It was a three-day thing, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we all rose. Uh, we were all crashing out one of the boys' house. And then he woke up and was like, boys, does anyone want to get together in the morning and do some breath work? I was like, yes, let's do it. They don't know what I'm doing, but um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Did did a breath work session. And man, honestly, from that moment, I was hooked. And then you know, obviously that, that pivotal role that that breath work session did that morning, because that following evening, that evening, sorry, was when I shared, you know, what I shared, I touched on before in regards to my childhood trauma. So I was like, you know what, man, something about breath work that allows me to be in this space of clarity, of, um, you know, coming back within, coming back to a centered position. And I, I had to learn more about breath work. Um, you know, one thing led to another. I was playing footy over in France professionally and then the season got cancelled because of COVID. So I had all this time you know, it was still getting paid, fortunately. So it's basically a paid holiday. I was like, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to go online and do all my certifications. Really dug deep there and just learned more and more about breathwork. And I just loved it. I fell in love with it, even, with, with it even more. And so by the time I retired, I came back home and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to call, you know, I have a business. My name's going to be Frequency with Frankie. Basically two E's because I know the breath sets you free, which is basically what it did for me after sharing you know what i shared i'm such a i feel like i'm such a free spirit now that I, I'm, I can go into any circle any room any crowd and just be myself 100 and have you know no other people's um projections coming into me you know my aura just boosh. i mean i just flick them all away so i'm just so grateful for breath work and that's what i'm doing now obviously i did a bit of um i had a, a men's retreat recently called the brothers voyage had it on the farm when we purchased this farm, you know, Tay and I just saw this landscape and we're like, man, this is where we're going to do our retreats. We're going to do men's retreats here, women's retreats, and couples retreats, family retreats. This is what we wanted to do. And, you know, one thing has led to another in this beautiful journey of life. And yeah, just so, so grateful. Obviously online now, I'll be doing some stuff online while we prepare for Bub to arrive. Would love to do more in-person stuff, but, you know, I really want to honor this space and be all... My support, give all my support for Tay and for Bub um, when Bub eventually joins us soon. So everything will be online. So yeah, people can find me on my Instagram 
uh, Frankie underscore Winterstein, and you just click the link. Obviously, our websites are there if they want to purchase any tickets. So, yeah, this is what I'm just so grateful for now, sis, because um, I'm doing a lot of stuff with communities out here too in the Mid-North Coast. And obviously, a breathwork is a perfect icebreaker to um, just to allow them to feel before we, you know, open up and share. Because I feel like that's one thing. Um, it's hard to share if you're not really dropped into your body. You're not really dropped in into your heart space. You can't really just meet a bloke, shake hands, and this is what's going on with me. No, you gotta, you know, really be in their space, allow them to feel comfortable, allow them to drop in. And breath work is the fastest way to do that, in my opinion. So that's what I'm up to now. It's a long, long stretch, it's a long, long, you know, direction and opposite way of footy, professional footy. But man, I love this. And I really, you know, one of my big things that I want to accomplish over the next, you know, five years is to host, you know, a footy team, an NRL team here on the farm and allow them to connect. You know, we, we hear a lot about bonding sessions in the footy circles. But, you know, this is going to be a different sort of bonding session. And I feel like this bonding session will, you know, will last forever. And the connections that they'll make in this space will, you know, will never be um, accomplished again because, as you know, Alex, you know, when we bond footy boys, there's a lot of alcohol involved, a lot of, you know, um, bravado a lot of um yeah a lot of silliness going on yeah yeah yeah, exactly a lot of disconnection yeah yeah the what what i really want to do you know with with teams that visit us and and you know do some work in this space is really bring them back and i I think they'll experience something that they will never experience ever again so that's the plan that's my goal you know five years time i'll definitely probably even sooner really Host a um an NRL team here for a preseason camp and just a camp like no other. Mm. Yeah, uh, it gives me goosebumps listening to that because I always say, if you want to work with people, you got to work with people that have been there because people, yeah. you know, you can't take somebody where you haven't been and you've been there. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I also just want to tell everyone who's listening, well, two things because I know everyone's interested in trauma, breath work, actually physically moving it out. That is the best way to move trauma. Talking actually doesn't really move it out. But breath work, yoga, meditation, all of those things yeah. do. So I've done your breath work stuff twice now, maybe three times, and it was so powerful. It was so amazing. And you're just a beautiful, beautiful space holder. Thank you, sis. Yeah, it's um it's a far cry from you know the footy circles that we've been involved in. And you know, I think that's something that you know I really I'm so glad that I'm still connected with a lot of footy boys because they still, you know, I always see them still scrolling through my stuff, liking my stuff, whether they, whether it's the breathwork stuff or the the brothers voyage, the, the retreats. And I, I man, it's so pivotal. Like I'm here to sort of change their mindset on you know what it is to be vulnerable, what it is to have a real and deep deep and meaningful conversation not only with your partner with your loved ones but you know first and foremost with yourself i think that's that's such a beautiful starting point is to come within and, and speak to yourself you know look yourself in the mirror and, and see what's going on and especially as footy players with the the pressure that we are so under the scrutiny you know we sort of outsource our energy a lot um but really all we're yearning for is just to you know look within and something that you touched on at the very, very start is that we have to lean into it and, and go through it. And that's the only way to beat something, in my opinion, is to actually go sit in the fire and go through through all the feelings of it all because, um, yeah, it's not going to disappear. It's not going to magically, you know, fade away in one morning. It's, it's going to be there forever until you address it. So, so, yeah. Yeah. so hopefully I can be that bridge. Yeah, it does get heavier too the longer you hold on to it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all of your insight, your wisdom, your story medicine, your honesty and your vulnerability. It's so refreshing and so nice. And I'm so, so happy that you are my first guest um, because you are the perfect person for this. Ah! (laughs) Thank you, sister. Love you guys so much. Um, Yeah, such an honor to walk this life with you and Dil and the kids. And yeah, cannot wait for you guys to come up and visit the farm, hopefully before you guys move over to NZ, this beautiful new journey where you guys get to spread your medicine over there. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. Thank you. Hang on. I'm just going to hit stop recording.